0: welcome everyone to another episode of the virtual ball boys podcast my name is chris and i am joined once again by my good friend matt you gotta make it baby (laughs) make it baby (laughs) uh for anyone who doesn't know the reference uh we uh we have a podcast or specifically matt hosts a podcast uh that uh of doc of shame uh it's a TDI retrospective, Total Drama Island retrospective, Um, and a recurring segment on there is talking about the latest season of the Total Drama franchise. Uh, Wait, what was it called again? Total Drama... Total
1: Drama-rama.
0: Total Drama-rama. There you go. Um, And basically, one of the things that we've realized is that corporations, for some reason, really love turning things into
1: babies. They make it baby. So they made Mr. Peanut they, baby. There you go. That's they that's did the doing. Groot thing. They copied Groot. The <laughs> the big one died and became baby. <laughs> that's the lore. It's like Pete, the Mr.
0: Peanut and Groot are from the same family, essentially. Plant become baby. Plant die become baby. <laughs> wow. It's, it's rough, you know, when a, when a, when a, I mean, what, I mean, are they even going to have a, a campaign on, on Mr. Peanut being a baby? I want to
1: punt baby, baby Mr. Peanut across the football field.
0: <laughs> or are they going to, are they going to just like pretend that none of this ever happened? Cause I could totally see Mr. Peanut doing that. And besides like, they weren't even running commercials. I don't even think for like anything until the super bowl and then they just fucking killed their mascot and turned it into a baby so like what i don't even know if they would even continue any
1: commercials after this they're pretty much well off did geico do the 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 sequels thing in the in the super bowl no i don't think so they had they had shit leading up to it with joe buck right in like the previews but not not a super bowl commercial what's the point geico
0: yeah that that was also a thing uh and we'll talk geico. about commercials
1: i do want to do a deep dive into some of the commercials
0: uh on on the super bowl front but yes i think geico thing i think was completely forgotten about i think outside yeah outside of joe <laughs> buck kind of showing up and and the
1: but that was pre-game that was not super bowl at that point
0: yeah like the stars the stars were trying the stars of those commercials were trying to convince him to vote to vote for them. But then like there nothing, it didn't even, there's nothing felt, nothing followed through with that. Like it was, it was very, it was strange <laughs> at the very least. Um, yep. But of course this is, we are post super bowl it is insane, but we are finally made it to the finish line. Uh, and we've had crossed that finish line, uh, only a few days ago. um, The conclusion of Super Bowl 54, and it's been a wild season and with a wild Super Bowl. And it was hope, luckily, I think it, I mean, it certainly like it didn't have the most like exciting finish necessarily, but overall, I would say it was it met the expectations of being an exciting game.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: I, I, at least I would just throw that out there. I think that's the fair to say, but um. Yeah, you know, let's so let's talk about the Super Bowl. Um, and it it started out, I I I think with a very cool. Well, first of all, they had like the they had the singers and stuff, and all of them. I think Yolanda Adams did a really great job of America the Beautiful.
1: Uh, did, Demi Lovato did a great rendition of Star Spangled
0: Banner, and it was very. Everything anytime, was like,
1: anytime the anthem singer hits the under two minutes, it's good. Yes,
0: is that was that actually what happened this year? Because I wasn't keeping track. Yes, it okay. wasn't
1: under. All right, so that so that so also usually when they when they play since to a recording rather than a live group,
0: that's yeah, that's what's the tendency. What happens is that when it's recorded or like they when they practice it, usually it does keep it under. When they freestyle, it's a lot. <laughs> a lot of people lose money because people pay on that stuff all yes. the time. Um, so they really but really great additions all around and then the the it's all the whole thing kicked off i think my favorite part of at least the early game festivities was that they had been previewing this commercial type thing for nfl 100 where this kid was running a ball somewhere like i know like we we had, at, this, at we didn't know what it was we just kind of saw him running the ball and like all these stars were showing up the commercial and it was like a what was it like they had they had the he went through the construction site of the LA stadium the new LA stadium that was happening they mm. they did uh, uh Mardi, Gras, Mardi Gras Saints Saints right right they 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 hit like a few different areas of the country they hit the city there was a whole city portion of it um and then all of a sudden like because this is one of my favorite tricks in the book is when they they kind of blend a, like, whatever, like a, a something that happened in the past. Like, you know, like, Survivor, what they used to do with yes, Survivor? I was,
1: I was about to bring that up. Yeah, with Survivor when they, <laughs> they like... They, they do something pre-recorded that goes to the location that the live event is happening in. So it's like they walk, they just came from there. Right. Um... And are just now reaching it,
0: right? Like, and they've ruined it in recent years because Jeff Probst wears this like muscle showing black shirt at almost every single finale now. That's not actually like it doesn't fit his outfit, but whatever. This yeah. is just a minor tweak, but, um, but no, like all of a sudden, like the kid comes running out of the stadium with a bunch of kids following him, um, and that he was delivering the game ball to the head ref, and it was a really really neat cool thing to start out everything, um, and then the game started. And what did you think about, like, the first half of action? Like, before anything really happened, what was, like, your first takeaways from the game?
1: It was it was a surprisingly defensive game. Mm. That's what happens when you only score, when you're the Chiefs and only score 10 points and a half, or even the 49ers. Like, mm. the 10 points and a half is not what you expect, I think, from either team. Right, right. Um... But overall, it was, it was, it felt close. And the first half, it definitely felt like, I think because the Chiefs only scored 10 points, that the 49ers were very in control of the game for the first half.
0: I, I would agree. That's not how I kind of felt. Um, and like, even though, yeah, it was tied, it kind of, it, it did really have the feeling of like the Niners had all the, you know, like quote, quote unquote momentum. Um, of the going in, I mean, and it was cool because it started out uh, two, a uh, really neat touchdown drives were were kind of like the showcase of the first half, where the Chiefs finished everything off with a really cool spin move. Everyone spun, and then uh, yes. Patrick Mahomes got the ball and basically ran it in uh, for a touchdown. That was pretty neat, and then uh, that was
1: an homage to uh, a very old Rose Bowl play.
0: Yes, yes. I forget what yeah, I forget what the specifics of that. was. I think it
1: was nineteen forty eight in Michigan doing the play.
0: Ooh, there you go. Got some game that (laughs) I I had no idea what the actual reference was, but I I I, I like it. I like that they're pulling that kind of stuff. And then um and then in the second quarter it was the fullback, Kyle Yuschek, scoring a former Raven uh going in and scoring that touchdown, um uh, to take uh, to, to basically tie the game at that point uh, was a really really awesome play. Another um, another element of the first half, uh, kind of late in the second quarter, um, George Kittle uh, was made a big big play that set the Niners up to potentially uh, you know take the lead. Um, but he was called for offensive pass interference. What did you if? Uh, I I don't know. Like I, I I feel like I feel like it was a good call, but what do you think?
1: I think it's fine. But it, I mean, of course it's a it's a pass interference call
0: mm-hmm. first off. Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> um but I think it was it was fine. It sucked, like especially for obviously for Kittle and the 49ers. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't I don't think it was a bad call necessarily. I
0: yeah. I, I don't know. I guess in the context of the Vikings, what happened to the Vikings in the Viking Saints game uh, earlier in the playoffs, like that, it, in retrospect, like it kind of looked like, it, 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 I, if you look at the two plays, like Kyle Rudolph looked like he pushed off a lot more than George Kill and Kyle yeah. Rudolph did not get the p- penalty. But we've said kind of said that before, where it, it did feel like the penalty should have been called there, but you know, it ended up not working out. But it, it, it was very weird because someone brought up, too, that Bill Vinovich, who's the head ref, and we've talked about how he was the guy from last year's NFC Championship game. Um, you know, he his crew, for whatever reason, does not call a lot of penalties. So okay, so that's maybe part of the reason what happened last year. Uh, and But that's also what made this play so weird, was that all of a sudden they would call a penalty on this. Like, usually he lets them play but for some reason he called a penalty on this situation but again like if you look at it you make you can make a solid argument that's passing interference so but I also don't think it had a major it had a major impact of how the how this half happened
1: but there was whole a
0: whole second half
1: to go and you, there was a there was a whole second half and there was another thing that definitely um definitely affected the 49ers more which was the whole like shanahan not using the timeout. Yes. That everyone criticized.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was another element of it was that like as they get the ball, they were essentially going to be the last team with the ball in the second quarter, um, and yeah, he did his, he didn't call a timeout at all. He was letting the clock run, and I think he was. I think after the game, he was saying his strategy was to make sure that the Chiefs didn't get the ball back, um, and that like, they would be able to run out the clock. But I think that. He was overthinking it a little bit because if definitely because if you you're not you're you're trying to get take away time for the cheese, but you're not leaving enough time on the clock for yourselves to score because you don't know if whether or not you're gonna be able to score, and that could have been very huge in that in that
1: situation. Um, But again, you had a whole second half to figure shit out exactly. Yeah. So neither of those neither of those were game ending. You also Mm. had a twenty. You also had a ten point lead, twenty to ten lead. At one point,
0: yes. We'll, we'll talk. So, we'll talk about that in a second. Let's talk yeah. halftime. What did you think of the halftime show? Loved it. Yes. What? Why? Absolutely
1: loved it. What? What did you love about it? Uh, dancing was great. Music was great. It was. It wasn't completely over the top like Katy Perry's was. <laughs> um, and absurd. <laughs> and absurd. Uh, you like. It was enjoyable, unlike Maroon Five. <laughs> Yes. You didn't want to punch the the person singing like Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Um that's a little mean, but
0: I know. I I think a lot of people feel that way, so it's okay.
1: Yep. Um yeah, it was it was great. Uh I loved that they they each got their own thing to do. Like yeah. started out with Shakira. Shakira had like uh, a solid bit of time. J Lo had a solid bit of time, and then Shakira came in at like the end of one of J Lo's things playing drums, and then they both like did stuff together at the very end.
0: Yeah, I I love how I, I loved how very you know multi m- multicultural it was as a whole because that they, they they were they were implementing a lot of different things. A lot of people were making fun of the whole. Um, what, what Shakira did with her tongue, but apparently that was actually that's actually like a call or some sort of celebratory uh, like noise and
1: celebration light. call. Let me let me look up. Yeah, um, I, I want to what it's called.
0: I almost grew up. but It was something of in like Arabic culture that people use as a kind of like a celebratory party type thing. I, had, I definitely look it up for more specifics. But I loved it. I think uh, say, that, I'm
1: oh. I'm probably pronouncing this wrong. Zegaruta, Zegaruta. Okay. Yeah, celebration. It's used for like celebration in Arabic cultures, and Shakira is half Lebanese.
0: Oh, they, and there you so, go. It works out. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I think you know. I I I didn't realize how many bops that Jennifer Lopez ended up having. Like I, I did. I, I did. I did not for whatever reason. I forgot all the songs that Jennifer Lopez sang. I always like. Yeah. I deta I completely detached her from a lot of her hits, and I'm just like, oh. That's her thing. Like I, I had no idea. Like I forgot Shakira. I knew uh, a lot more of like what Shakira was, but like Jennifer right. Lopez, I was just like, oh wait, whoa, that's that's insane. Um, yeah,
1: I. And this is a personal thing. I love Shakira's voice.
0: I do too. It's it's
1: so like it it's so characteristic like of her and very distinguishable from a lot of other a lot of other voices.
0: Yeah, I I I think. I, I think that it's just it was it was really cool kind of having I, I, I love the double headliner th- thing. I loved kind of yeah. like the balance of of the two, even though even though they're both they're both Latina and they're both, uh you know, they both have like earned in the pop kind of Latina pop scene. Um, they I think I did feel like there was a difference between the two shows a little bit. I think I kinda, I kind of liked having that balance of energy like I would I would be down for another Super Bowl that had a double headliner type thing. yeah, me too. yeah, you know, like I, I I would I would be down for that. um one thing that was that came out because you just you knew because just people are like this, people were very like up in arms about the about you know that how sensual the whole halftime show
1: was and we... adam levine took his <laughs> shirt off last year no one cared and just for just in like protest of them and in support i'm gonna do the rest of this podcast with my shirt off
0: oh all right well that i i respect that you know I, I i will not body shame you i hear the shirt actually hitting the ground um <laughs> no i i i respect the hell out of that no i i completely understand um I, I, I just love that some people were making fun of it the way they were, and I just want to point out a tweet by Pete Blackburn, because it it made my night, where he added the NFL, and then he wrote, all lowercase, My son just humped a hole into our sectional couch, I hope you're happy. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, yes, just because like, it's it's totally it's just making fun of the of the parents that are just so like oh my god, how dare! But like I just it's just how it is, and it's it was a lot of fun to watch. I enjoyed it. I thought, like you said, I think the choreography was great. And I I just I think it's one of those Super Bowls like that. That's how you do it. You don't have to do anything so extreme and out there. Just do you. And I just I right. felt like those the artists they really embraced what they do best and like jennifer lopez just came off of las vegas show like she she and she just embraced what she did with the las vegas and brought it to this and i thought i thought it just it worked out so kudos to them really excellent job one of our better halftime shows that we've had in a long time um totally on that Uh,
1: i am gonna put my shirt back on because it's cold down here okay (laughs) (laughs) sounds
0: good i'll I'll stall for you in a second now we move on to the (laughs) second half um and this and at this point I will be completely real. I my elite like I, I I picked the Chiefs to win, but I was really I was really trying to say to myself, you know, you know I like the Niners. I like the story of the Niners. I want to you know, and I I really you know I I don't care who wins. It was at this point though that I, in my mind I was just like you know what fuck it. I'm rooting for the Chiefs all the way because I I because I just I. <laughs> I realized that I knew that they were going to be in a rough spot at some point in this game. And I was just like, I want to root for this team because they've been through so much over 50 years. They want, they, and like, you know, they, and these are, there's so many guys on here that like, it's so hard not to root for. It's just like, I I had to like, it really embrace it in the second half. And then, but then my heart started getting broken in the third quarter because the Niners come out and they just bounce right out to a, a 2010 lead. Um, and that was thanks to two interceptions, uh, or well, thanks to one interception that ended up leading to six. Um, and that was a uh, Raheem Mostert running in for the touchdown. Uh, who was and he had he had a monster game as well. Oh,
1: um, he did.
0: Very much, you know, it's forgetting considering the, uh, everything else that happened. But um, and Robbie Gold coming through as well, second field goal of yeah. the night um, for him. You know, so. They just bounced out to the 2010 lead. And at this point, like, did you did you have I, – I, I think I did. Do you have doubts that the Chiefs were basically done after the third quarter? Did you think that it was going to be hard for them to come back?
1: I – see, that's hard to say. Okay. Um, in the sense of what the 49ers were doing, I thought that, okay, the 49ers have control of this game. They can take it to the end, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it was the Chiefs, and they had come back. Yeah, <laughs> in the past two playoff games to win. Yeah, yeah. So I knew, I knew, a, like, I would, I wasn't letting myself like have the feeling of it's over.
0: I, I think I was. And I think it was just because the <laughs> just of the emotional investment I started to put myself into it. Um, mm. and I think I was like, but I, I like at the same time, like vocally, I was like. It's the Chiefs. You can't count the Chiefs, but like in my mind, I was just like, "Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Oh fuck!" And I was like, yeah. "It's like, like you don't know." Especially after the second interception, because, and, and and by the way, like Mahomes, you know, he just didn't have a good game for three for at least for three quarters, and it, it, he was off on a lot of his throws, and he's I would say at least one, if not both, of the interceptions. Uh, were his fault. Like usually, it's like maybe like the receivers or not, but like it, it was he had some bad throws overall, and it really cost him a lot. It cost the team a lot. Um, in that situation, I made
1: a, I made a joke to my, <clears throat> of course, Bears fan family, that Mahomes was playing like Trubisky in a lot of this game.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was. It was true. Cause that's I mean, cause and we. Maybe it, yeah.
1: Maybe I was just salty of all the comparisons of like, oh, Bears should have drafted Mahomes, but <laughs> that's another that's another thing that when we get to the when we get to the Bears talking about the Bears later, that I'll I'll talk about. That. Yeah,
0: uh, I but I I completely understand because like especially this is the first time that Patrick Mahomes. I mean, not that he hasn't been in the face of all, all major NFL fans, you know, for the last two years or so. But for their, a lot of the country was watching during the Super Bowl and this was kind of like their first look at him kind of um, in the Super Bowl. And like for him to perform the way he did, I could see a lot of people walking away from this game be like, man, that guy's fucking overrated. because like, <laughs> it, yeah. it's the way that he, he played in, in, the, in those first three quarters. But that was the first three quarters. Um, we move into the fourth and things just change and it's not even until like what like is it the last 6 minutes yeah or like the seven, seven, last 7 or 8 minutes or so of the game in in the game that thing's really start turning around um after the interception the chiefs were able the second interception the chiefs were able to hold uh san francisco to a punt and then mahomes basically what sparked the 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 comeback was a 44-yard throw to Tyreek Hill which was a beautiful throw. It was the best throw of the night for Patrick Mahomes. and and it's not going to be focused on as much because it's not a scoring play, but it literally kicked off what was one of the one of the best comebacks in Super Bowl history. Obviously, I know mm-hmm. we have other contexts for better comebacks, but it's <laughs> it's it is quite literally in the top 5 because it t- it's tied with like four other you know teams that have come back from 10 points before um yeah so they, they they score the touchdown and even that's controversial right because david williams looks like he's crossing the plane with the ball and it doesn't like we don't know there's not like a good angle on this he it looks like he it was weird it was a weird play I yeah think. Uh, yeah,
1: I think it, it was a it was a not enough to overturn thing. Yeah, but also if he didn't get in there, it would have been like first and goal, right, on the yard line.
0: Um, you know, or was that a no? That I a third down. You point? know what? I think that was a third down. Okay, I Never think mind. I I think I think I, I it's been a few days, so I I could be very wrong on that, but I think it was there was some sort of significance to that play that like when it happened. Like there was like all right, well, is he gonna if it is if it is the next play like it that didn't get a touchdown, will he go for it? Like I think there was some situations with
1: that. Um, gotcha. But. But it it still felt like a like a not enough to overturn. Exactly, deep.
0: and I th- I think they made the right call. But shame on Fox, man. Get a better camera down the sideline on the Super Bowl. You have like five hundred cameras yeah. at the at the Super Bowl. Jeez. Get it work <laughs> work it out, man. Um, and then I. Uh, then they they go through that and it's 2017, and they and then they they stop San Francisco again, three and out, and then easily they march down in two minutes time, and score another touchdown. This time, uh, or actually, uh, that was the, I'm sorry, that was the Damian Williams touchdown. The other one was the Travis Kelsey one. I apologize. Yeah. I, I got uh, those yeah, mixed up. Right. Um, but yes, yeah, so the Travis Kelsey one was first. And this one was the David Williams one. And that's, I think, that was the other thing. That's why it was a big deal, because they were about to ha- take the lead.
1: About to have the lead.
0: Yeah. And so what were your emotions at this point? Just kind of curious. Uh, what's, what's this happening? It
1: was like, well, I was. it was like, eh, I kind of saw this happening. I was, like, getting getting into it a little a little bit more. I was like, oh, this is actually going to be a good game again. Yeah. It's totally what the Chiefs do. And I, but I still had like some faith in what the 49ers could do.
0: Right. I I, I always kind of like I I was it was at that point where I was just like okay I, that's why I like really got Ollie and I was just like oh my god the Chiefs actually did it they came back but now what is gonna happen with this Niners team and then they start to play again it, this the Niners have the ball again rather and Garoppolo. It just does start not really hitting his targets well uh the pass rush for the chiefs is really picking up and it just it, it ended up just falling apart in like a minute it says here a minute 19 seconds was their drive after seven plays and it, like the last play of that drive was Garoppolo basically trying to shovel pass it to someone because, but like he had like three or four chiefs on him as he was trying to shovel pass. It was like very sad. It it reminded me of like, like Mufasa being pushed off the cliff, like (laughs) just being consumed by chiefs. And as the ball was trying to fly in the air and just did not, did not land. And the chiefs took over on downs and they were like, holy crap. And then it, all they needed was a first down, and then Damian Williams again for 38 yards just runs down the sideline, no one's stopping him, and they score. It's 31 20. That really just
1: it that that just sealed
0: it. it yeah, definitely. It was that de-
1: Ab- absolutely. They're, Obviously, it yeah. was a two it was a two score game after that. So definitely sealed it with how much little how little time was left. Right. Um. But the even so like. The Chiefs had control of the game at that point.
0: Exactly, exactly, and it was and it, the last two drives was the San Francisco 49ers trying to do something. Ended with an interception by Kendall Fuller, who didn't we discuss last week was the guy that they got in in the Alex Smith trade. Yep. <laughs> So how ironic was the guy that they basically did they that trade that basically signified the start of the Patrick Mahomes era? The guy they got was the one that closed out the Super Bowl for them, and then exactly it was all kneeling down from there. And the Kansas City Chiefs and all of Chiefs Kingdom got confetti rained on them as they've won Super Bowl fifty four in just an absolute just my there's an awesome awesome game. And Patrick Mahomes was named the MVP. I would make the argument that I was Damian Williams, but
1: absolutely should have been Damian Williams.
0: I, you know, I disagree. But
1: it's 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 quarterback star power and it's Mahomes star power. Exactly. It's it should have been Damian Williams.
0: That's why Eli Manning was an MVP, Super Bowl MVP twice. It's just that's just no, how how it ends up. Shouldn't being.
1: have. Nope. <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> disagree.
0: No, I, I I definitely disagree. But you know what?
1: Regardless, I reject your reality and substitute my own.
0: that That's okay. Yes, I, I think that you know I, our reality is—I think—is the true reality that's, anyway.
1: That's um, a MythBusters quote. Is, is
0: it really? I had—I n- yeah. n- have not seen MythBusters. I think once in my life, I've—I've I've seen maybe like snippets.
1: um It was a good show. Adam Savage is a really cool dude. Oh, hey, all right. I—I I, is it—is it still on? Uh, different iterations, I think, are, but, like, the original show has ended. Ah, oh, okay, okay.
0: Um, and, yeah, can so Kansas City won, and I couldn't help but think about, like, some of the famous fans that have won, especially Eric Stonestreet. I think I, I, multiple times, I've, I was, I kept on seeing him during Super Bowl week and how excited and how nervous he was. Like, he's one of the biggest Kansas City fans, because he, he, like, he memorizes, like, the Rosters of the '80s of the Chiefs, or the Chiefs were not nearly mm. as relevant and stuff, and I, I felt, you know, I felt, you know, so happy for him. Uh, but of course, you know, the players as well, I felt, you know, good about. But no one did I feel better about winning the Super Bowl than Andy Reid, a guy that for 20 years has been a, a head coach in the league, very full respect in the league, and time and time again. You know, failed to get over the hump. No matter how many times the Eagles and Chiefs were in the playoffs, failed to get over the hump. And he finally, with a quarterback that could really do magical things, he finally got there and he finally got his ring. Um, and I I got choked up, uh, because the the Philadelphia Eagles uh tweeted out right after the Super Bowl win uh times yours andy with a picture of him and that's like that's how respected the guy is a team that had that fired him fucking like i mean i know he's he's a legendary coach coach for the eagles but they got rid of him and they still like tweeted out their love for him like this this is it's so good and i'm so happy for him that he got it finally and that's something that can go off his shoulders and after the game, like he didn't seem phased by it, and neither did Patrick Mahomes. They're ready for number two already. Yeah. Uh, like it. it that's that's the kind of like the wild thing about it is that they just are both just seem like they're ready to go for the next one. They're ready to go for next season after everything that they went through. Um, but I, I'm I'm so happy for both of them. Happy for you know Damian Williams who came back from he was in Miami for so many years. And got to go to Miami and win it all. Um, and Tyron Matthew, who's been a great player for so many so many years, he gets a Super Bowl as well. And that, there's so many more that you can name. Um, we don't have to get back into that. Um, but it just what an incredible run for this Chiefs team.
1: All three games they came back from 10 points down. It th- And all three games they won by at least 10 points. Just insane! It's insane. <laughs> it is one of the most, This is an yeah. anomaly of a team. It, it feels like
0: it. It's it's one of those. It's like we always, you know, obviously our brand is Team Chaos, but it, to me, it's like a different type of Team Chaos because, like, obviously the Chiefs, you know, after the Ravens got knocked out, they're pretty much like the favorite in the AFC to make it all the way, um, and and to potentially win it all as well. They were the favorite in this game. But they were the kind of chaos where they created in-game chaos instead of just, like, contextual chaos. Um, Where they literally put themselves in in situations, especially a 21, 24-point deficit in the first round of the playoffs for them. Basically making us all, like, dread the fact that the Titans are going to be going to Houston for the AFC Championship game. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they come back. As the magic of Mahomes and the defense deserves a ton of credit too. It got you know, people who have no didn't really buy into this defense, but they started like they even though they they always started slow in these games, they always finished strong and it they just showed it time and time and time again. Mm-hmm. So just kudos to them. Kudos to the Chiefs and um you know, I know that the, the 49ers are hurting and it's sucks and you know, you want to say that they'll make it back, but you just don't know.
1: You never know, especially with the NFC. But um, the NFC is the NFC is never normal. It's never consistent.
0: Yeah, we haven't had a back to back NFC champion since the Seahawks. Um, yeah,
1: and, and that feels like so long ago.
0: That yeah, it's twenty fourteen. That was now now five seasons ago at least. Um, so it. it uh, but I also think you know it's fair to say though you look at the roster, the Niners they don't have a ton of free agents. They have a great shot next year, and they they they'll be very very tough to beat again because they also have all their coaching staff coming back as well. So you know there's no you can't doubt this team, and you it's like we've we've gone to the point where we can respect the Niners again and know that they're going to be a contender next year. Um, I I don't see this team falling off, but. Like you said, you th- who knows?
1: Yeah, I, I. Then again, I didn't. We didn't think that would happen with the Rams. Right, exactly. You just, you just don't know. And the yeah. NFC, the NFC is fickle. It shifts around. Uh, power dynamics, like, move around everywhere. We have a like we had the patriots being the afc championship for the past 10 years they weren't this year but now this is the chiefs second year in it so is this another streak that's starting for the afc yeah it's possible
0: it, it, it very well could be and the only counter argument i would give to that is that i think that there is more competition for kansas city in in this conference to maybe not start uh, have them get to a dynasty type period but they might who knows? You know anything? Anything can happen, um, and I, that would be the last thing I want to see happen because I like this Kansas City team. I don't want to see a dynasty be formed, but it happens in these in these sports all the time. Um, yep. And one last thing on the Super Bowl: what, what name? Do you have any commercials that you feel like you' worth pointing out outside of Yo know, Baby Peanut?
1: Baby. Um, the the one that caught me most off guard was the the first Tide commercial. Where he showed up in the mask 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 scener ad immediately after, <laughs> that really got me. The, at that point, I was after that I was expecting it though, so it became less funny as it w- went on. Of course, yeah. Um, but that first one was great. The fucking Reese's commercial. Yes, yes, was, was my favorite one of the night. <laughs> I
0: I that was the I, that was I think the, like the one commercial I did not look up for in time to really understand the joke. But, um, I, but no, I, 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 once I saw it again, I got it. And it was, it was really funny. The, the, basically the visualizations of all these, what are you stuck under a rock And the, the one at the very end, which they did not even need to say we all knew. Um, yep. Jason Momoa. I thought that was a good one.
1: That was Uh, good too.
0: (laughs) That was the rocket mortgage one. Strong start. (laughs) Where he basically just removes himself limb for limb, um, yeah. You know, also, you know what?
1: Skinny. I, I was kind of right this year about companies like working together on commercials. Yeah, right. Because Tide, Tide had the. Is it later now during the Bud Light commercial?
0: Yeah, yeah. It was. It was Tide. Yeah, tied for the Bud Light commercial. Um, they tied, uh, and then they had a whole cleaning commercial where I, I think it was a bunch of brands under one like giant brand because we are we live in the era of that
1: was. That was that was PG PG like own is just the Conglomerate. they own all those all those properties. We have
0: monopolies. Brands. That's what that was the word for it. it yeah. yeah, it's like
1: it's like Johnson and Johnson, except not.
0: Yeah, yeah, and or then SC Johnson. Mister. And then speaking of going back to the peanut one, they had they had Mister. Kool Aid Man there, um, which I guess was. I guess they're under the same umbrella. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know
1: what that one is. But
0: yes, but you were right though. There was a lot of collaboration this year. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and I think there was the one tearjerker commercial, um, was, I'm going to forget her name. Loretta Google search, Google Google's commercial, oh, the Google
1: one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Where they, where he was basically saying like, um, you know, look up, you know, picture Loretta, or I remember how Loretta always hated my mustache, and it was all these different things, and I I found it very poignant because I didn't I didn't notice it at the time, but after I found the commercial again and 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 watched it to the end, I found it very poignant that the very last thing was, where she, she said, I'm gonna forget what she specifically said, but it was like, um. Like don't don't spend too much time thinking about me or something like that or don't like don't yeah. act alone or whatever, and like you hear him with, you hear him go out of the house with the dog, and you're like oh man like he has but he at least has someone in his life still it was it was very mm-hmm. it was very very emotional um so I give kudos to Google on that like that was definitely a good good tearjerker um I thought the TurboTax commercial was the dumbest of the night.
1: Uh, remind me what that one that was. That was the
0: one where they all were just shaking their legs.
1: Okay, yeah. Do you, it was like the weird Oh, everyone's dancing everyone can do their taxes.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: That's like the, deal. yeah,
0: they, they was, there was there is like the they there's companies that just like go like going for the random and they don't have a point and that was kind of like one of those where yeah Like That
1: right. was That wasn't a very good commercial. Yeah. I couldn't really get into it. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: just ignoring you now. Um point point you ignore. Um so that that's that. Um I I, I think that covers there's a lot there there was I think there's a good year for commercials overall. I didn't think it was a terrible year. Um some good ones here and there. We turn the page now, uh, and we move into the off season and we have a lot of off-season. A lot happens. A lot of perceptions of teams kind of change within the period that does not have any football being played outside of the XFL. Um,
1: and This is not becoming an XFL podcast, by the d-
0: way. D- <laughs> uh, come on, you're ruining a segment I would have definitely had on the XFL, recapping all the games. We're... <laughs> We're picking. We're gonna next next podcast we have. We're picking at X, XFL games. <laughs> even I, even though it's starting next week, we'll, we'll we'll save it out for now. Um, so the but the thing that we did we started in during the Pro Bowl week when it was kind of down. We talked about sixteen teams, sixteen of the bomb teams, and so now we're gonna talk about the sixteen uh, of the best teams. The the remaining sixteen, the other half of the teams. Uh, kind of recapping the, their season and looking forward as well.
1: Yep, uh, the remainder of the team, all the teams that we'll be talking about today, have an eight and eight record or better.
0: Okay. Yeah, so there you go. Um, also, the draft, uh, the uh, the the Wikipedia page for the draft has now updated, where they no longer have the 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 teams all the way on the left, <laughs> they, they now put them on the side almost like with the, because of the trades and stuff. Um, so just know that after we talk about the Cowboys, we're not talking about the Dolphins. again. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. not what we're doing. We're talking about Pittsburgh. Um, so you get started. So that way you the, literally the next team after that, you get to talk about
1: is the bears. So go, <laughs> you get yep. started. on that. Okay. So the Cowboys had a, Interesting season and almost made the playoffs because their division was so horrid. Mm. This team was very back and forth on, like, home road. Whether they were facing top defense, bottom defense, it was very literally middle of the road for the Cowboys that ended in the firing of Jason Garrett. Chris, this team lost to the Jets this season. Yes, indeedy. I just want want to point that out. I, I mean the Jets still finished with seven and nine, which still blows my mind. <laughs> they, they 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 lost to the Jets in the in the period of time where the Jets were really
0: bad this season.
1: Yes. Um and the Dak Prescott had a pretty good year. And the the con the season started with the whole Zeke contract holdout that ended up getting resolved and then Zeke did not play like the best running back in the league. He played well. Yeah. But not the best, like, everyone thought he should have been. Right. Um, and then they had some issues on defense, and it wasn't enough of a performance to keep Jason Garrett around. He's gone. They have free agent stuff to deal with with Dak and Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. They're probably using the franchise tag on Dak, which could lead to another holdout, which if your quarterback is holding out, that's a big problem, Jerry. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, not good. Uh,
1: Going going further uh they have a new head coach I don't know if this is gonna be rebuild for them if it is then maybe let Dak walk but if they still want to like win now even with a first- year head coach they got to get that quarterback deal done
0: yeah I I think they're I, I think that what Jerry wanted was a guy that's wanting to win now because that's why they got Mike McCarthy because they yeah. feel like he's gonna be a guy that will just put them onto the next level would bring them to the Super Bowl because he's done so in the past um Yeah, I mean, I think if I'm the Cowboys, I prioritize Dak Prescott, hands down. Get the quarterback locked up. There's I, I, I really don't see a scenario where you don't do that. I mean, again, if they can't, they can't do a long-term deal, they would at least do a franchise tag.
1: And even and like even beyond Dak, there are so many other players, like key players to both sides of the of the ball, who their contracts are done this year.
0: Yeah. Wow. So
1: there's a lot of deals that need to be done or some trades being made something Dallas otherwise your team is going to implode because of all this contract stuff
0: yeah well amari Cooper I think is out the door because he was not used as much down the stretch um I, I at least yeah I, I wouldn't I, I would not prioritize him in any way I I don't you, no. don't you don't need to you have a great young threat in Michael Gallup. Maybe you re-sign Randall Cobb, I don't know. Um
1: Randall Cobb does have history with McCarthy, so.
0: Yeah, like I I, I think that that's reasonable, but like Amari cooper Cooper's gonna look for big bucks and I just I don't think you'd do it. Unless he's willing to take a massive pay. Or does cut. he
1: deserve it. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah.
0: you Jason Wynn's a free agent. Most likely I've heard rumors that he might go to the Giants. I don't know for sure about that. Uh, but that's a shit there is a possibility of that happening. Um uh, byron jones your cornerback also heading to the market sean lee who has been basically kind of just weeded out of their defense because of uh van der Esch and jalen smith so um you know that that that's not going to be as much of a loss but uh byron jones i've heard they're basically fine with what having walk having him walk away which means that they're going to have a need a cornerback um to fulfill um as well so yeah, it is going to be a big offseason for them. Um because they are a team that is supposedly going to be built to try to win this year. Um and they're going to need to do it. I mean, it has been so back and forth with the Cowboys over the Jason Garrett years. Uh at least since I really started watching because it literally was where they're one season they're in, next season they're out. One season they're in, next season they're out and it was just this and they're consistent of being inconsistent
1: except for that one number one seed year right it, it really has been like oh they eked in because the nfc east has sucked ass
0: <laughs> right <laughs> it, it, it's true i and it is it's it's kind of it's just it's tough to kind of st- you know see you know it will this be will there be a massive improvement with this team right now it's just it's too early to tell i I mean i think though that we've said time again this past season where we've people have felt and i felt that this this cowboys roster was one of the most talented if not the most talented of the league and then they laid an egg like they did this past year so you know, I, I again they could they could go into it thinking that they're going to have a great roster that they're going to win now, and it might not work out. But that's but it's definitely that's the approach to this Cowboy season, and I don't think it'll. It's not going to take much for them to take like to get put themselves over the edge over the Eagles potentially. You know, we'll have to see how the Eagles do. Um, but I, you know, they're there. They're I think they're on the fringe of you know breaking through. You know, Super Bowl, Bowl bound though. I'll, I'll wait, on, wait and see on that. Definitely not. Uh, um, <laughs> definitely not. Um, next up, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, what a year. Just, like, talk about, like, one of the more interesting teams who did not make the playoffs. Just, they were relevant every single week just because of the fact that it, their, their storylines with their backup quarterbacks was just so... Fascinating. Um, now Ben Roethlisberger went down early on in the season, and we were introduced really to Mason Rudolph and to see if he was going to be good. He was not. Um, and then we had Devlin Hodges show up for a little bit, and he had his moments in the beginning, seemed like he could be legit. Then he and failed. Then he, wasn't, then he then failed. Then he wasn't good. Then he wasn't good anymore. <laughs> um, Duck, Mr. Duck Hodges, um, but. Uh, you know the the big thing about this roster was their defense. They had one of the best defenses in the league all season long, and it was one of the things that kind of kept them in games because their quarterback was a handicap at this point. So they really had to have the defense be a major aspect of it. And this was their first year without Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. The the three Bs were were completely knocked off on the field, whether it was for injury, free agency, or just absolute catastrophe off the field nonsense um you know that that it was the first time that all three of them were off the field um and so it's very weird watching this team try to compete without those big names but they found a way to do it you know connor was injured at times but he was he pulled through and had a few nice games Juju smith schuster didn't have a breakout year necessarily but did what he could as much as he could uh, but really, the defense is the story with T.J. Watt having a career year, um, a young player that's going to be really successful for them for years to come. And you know, it, it's going to be a weird off season for them because for sure they need to figure out a better backup quarterback situation. They basically were exposed this season of not having a stable one. Um, and they're going to go, they're going to figure that out, um, and they're gonna they're gonna need to build up on on a little bit more help on I think the, at least I I think in the receiving end because Juju Smith Schuster is great but you don't have like a number two number three wide receiver there to really help you out.
1: Um, no, and that's that's going to be a big deal. Um, but if, I, if yeah, I don't know like. You just think about if Ben wasn't injured this season and you actually had a competent quarterback throwing to, obviously a lot of the offense was injured with Connor and Juju and even Vance McDonald at some points not performing at potential. Mm-hmm. Like, with how good the defense was and then a, like, bottom line, more competent offense, Yeah, how good this team could have been. Yeah, just a big, big question mark how differently the team maybe would have been would have been run. Maybe they'll make the Minka Fitzpatrick trade, but they did. Yeah, maybe they do anyway, just because the Dolphins were unloading everybody. But
0: (laughs) well, no, well, I mean, even with that said, like, I, I, I think that the Minka Fitzpatrick trade was very smart on their part. And it's worked. It's work. It's gonna work out for them. I actually completely forgot about him for a second. Yeah, he he was a massive aspect of this defense and what kind of reinvigorated them. That's kind of around the time where the Steelers started winning again. It had that that long stretch where they were consistently winning games this past season. This past season. So, yeah, I I mean, I would not. You know, obviously the Ravens are going to be a tough out, a tough team to knock off at the top of the division. But I think the Steelers are going to be your team that. Is gonna be like right up against them right now. I and mm-hmm. I, I could I could see where this the if they if they do a good enough building building a nice core around Ben Roethlisberger, who's you know I you know I'm not I'm not always the biggest Ben Ben Roethlisberger fan, but he has played pretty well when he needs to, and I I think that he he's going to have a I, I think that he could have a really good year if he's protected. It doesn't mm-hmm. go down. Um. So I, I I I have faith that the Steelers team is gonna do well. They just need to have pretty decent off season. Um and Tomlin's still on the hot seat, so even though he had a great year as a coach, he is still on the hot seat, so they need to really bounce back this year. Alright, next up.
1: Next up, the Chicago Bears. This was other than the Rams, probably the most disappointing team this year. Mm. Maybe the Browns. But it's joke, jokes on everyone else forgetting their hopes up about the Browns. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, the, uh, the Bears came in and did not play well, very well at all. Started three and one, which wasn't too bad, but then actually had opponents to face. And it all went downhill from there. Um, ended up eight and eight, which seems false. Like it doesn't feel like an eight and eight season. Um, the the biggest thing in Chicago was – the two biggest things in, in Chicago were Trubisky and the comparisons to Mahomes and Watson um, and Matt Nagy, who suddenly forgot how to, like, do play calls, <laughs> like, as good as he did last year. So there's going to be some growing pains going into next season on whether or not the Bears can return to their 2018 form. I really hope that they can, obviously, because I'm a Bears fan. But you you have so much potential here. You have enough on the offense. Um, well, maybe not. But, like, you have a great receiver in Allen Robinson. The offensive line needs uh, needs a revamp. It's a big question mark what they're going to do at running back because their rookie didn't pan out very well at all. And that could be him being a rookie or could be the offensive line. Either one just didn't work out. And Trubisky struggled a lot this year. Yeah. Uh, they're going into next year with a new OC and a new, um, uh, and John Filippo is the quarterback's coach. We'll see how that works out. Didn't work well as a coordinator, but quarterback's coach was kind of where he had, had his thing. So maybe he'll, maybe he'll improve Trubisky. It's going to be a big question mark the next season. What happens with that? And with the defense, like, Khalil Mack was not the 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 powerhouse that he was in 2018. But defenses were or offensive lines were scheming around him more and the defense in general because the offense sucked was just on the field more so they kept getting tired out so they didn't play as well as they did. It was it was a mess.
0: Hmm.
1: I don't know what the future of the Bears is what I don't know what the Bears are going to do next year. Yeah. And I don't know, like, like I've lived the Bears this entire season, and I don't know what the future is, and that kind of scares me.
0: Yeah, I I, I mean, definitely could understand being nervous, and I, I, I do, I don't know, I, I look at the defense, they played well, they played better down the stretch. I think that that's what helped them, you know, get to 500, was that they were starting to picked things up on that front and played a lot better and and Trubisky had a few games where he did you know do well enough where he was not you know just flubbing a lot of these throws and I, I mean I, I mean you look at what they what their free agency situation is and there is not like a lot of free agents you do have Dave Trevathan yeah. going to free free agency. Uh, that that's a pretty big one uh and you have a few guys in the secondary but not like no one like Eddie Jackson or Kyle Fuller like you, you have those guys locked up you know I think it was just a down year for a lot of these players. I don't see the defense being you know I, I think I can still see the defense doing well I still have faith in you know Chuck Pagano being the guy leading that defense it's, it is gonna be the offense that's the question I think this team is committed to trubisky we've heard that from franchises before and we've heard it certain we have actually heard it from this franchise before where they were like Mike Lennon's the guy and then they draft trubisky so like you know not that
1: you know they they're I don't think they're a drafting quarterback
0: I, I, I that would make sense and I would I would think that again with the, especially this general manager probably wants to not give up on the guy that he, traded up a pick for you know i i think that they do want to live by that but i i also just think that we we, we've also sat here again with josh rosen being the quarterback for the cardinals and then him being shipped to miami like and we were like what how the hell did that happen um so like i i just think anything is possible but if they don't do anything at quarterback and they're going to rely on trubisky i think it is going to be a much of a Look at what the running back situation is, or what the offensive lineman situation is. That's going to be the two that I think is going to be the most looked at. Um, offensive
1: line needs is my biggest like need.
0: Yeah, that I, I think um, that's that's going to be the focus.
1: All right, last last thing I want to say. Yep. Everyone giving shit about Trubisky being drafted over Mahomes and Watson. Like that's just been the narrative all season, especially with Mahomes and Watson balling out. I get it. Mahomes and Watson are more talented than Trubisky. Like, naturally talented, like, take the team situation out of it. Yes. But, uh, with Ma- I'm going to use Mahomes in particular. Mahomes was on Kansas City, a very offensive team with a very good offensive coach. That takes his talent and brings it up to, like, a higher level. Like, this, like, lights out level of player. Patrick Mahomes would not be that type of quarterback... For John Fox year one
0: during his rookie year. Yeah.
1: He would not have been this good because the team was different. The coach sucked ass. And I'm not saying that I'm not trying to defend Trubisky. I'm just saying situations are different. You don't know what would have happened. You can't say, oh, should have had Mahomes. You don't know how it would have gone. Right. Mahomes could have sucked because the offense sucked year one and then it'd be the same kind of deal. Like, Right context context matters, always.
0: the The only counter I would say to that, and you know, right. I mean, I think Trubisky was the highest quarterback on a lot of people's boards. So, I mean, I I think that there was maybe like one guy that had like maybe Patrick Mahomes ahead of him or Deshaun Watson right. ahead of him. Uh, there was also the Deshaun Kaiser at one point, which poor Browns had to deal with that. Huh. Um, but I I don't know. I I just I. I also think about what some people were saying coming out of the draft about Trubisky, and there's, I mean, I, I just I always didn't always feel very like good about that pick. If I'm being completely honest, like I I, yeah. I, I got there was like, because there was just a part of me that was like, I I saw what Deshaun Watson did it in college. And I I just I always just kind of looked at him and thought that he was gonna be I, I know I, I don't think anyone I, with maybe like an exception of one or two people really thought that Mahomes was gonna be Mahomes, but Watson is, is another story because I just he was the guy in college football, for at least two years and he played so well I just I was kind of stunned to kind of see him be the third quarterback taken, instead of higher up and he's played well through his first few years that. I don't know. I, I I guess I I just still have a problem with the fact that they did take him over Trubisky. But I get it. Trubisky was kind of like the guy that people were looking at, um, you know, go, coming into the draft. So yeah. it's it's tough. It's a tough situation. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, the Rams. I'm gonna not
1: talk about the Bears the rest of the podcast.
0: Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. The Rams. Uh, the the last team that was not in the playoffs that we have to talk about. This I I mean it's kind of surreal uh, to think. Yeah, I mean like we talked about earlier, we did not think the Rams would not I, I mean we think we thought they would at least be in it still, but we did not think that this team would be completely out of the playoffs. But that's what happens when you have a, you know, downgrade in, you know, in offensive production with, you know, Todd Gurley not being the player that he was. And Jared Goff not playing at the level that he was at. Uh, and the offensive line certainly not playing well uh, after a few of those guys um, went away. Um, and I, I think that it also hurt them that they had two of the best teams in the NFC last year. At, when It was the healthy Seahawks team um, and, of course, the 49ers. Um, yeah. It, that certainly had, did not help the fact that they, they had the year that they did. I mean, look, they still went, what, 10-6? They still, they still had... Or, sorry, 9-7, rather. But they still had a winning record when it was all said and done, and, you know, that's, that's one thing that they can hang their hat on. But they still decide that they're going to go with some changes, and they... Wade Phillips is no longer the D, the defensive coordinator they parted ways with him, um, and then, you know that they're they also got rid of their offensive coordinator who I don't even remember the name of because really Sean McVay is the offensive coordinator but whatever, um, they retooled the co- coaching staff a little bit and I'm sure that there's going to be some changes to the offense because they have to they 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 need to kind of rebrand themselves a little bit here
1: they need to fix that line yeah absolutely another team that like. Like offensive line is so important. They don't get the yeah. glory, but they're so important.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, they are. It's it, it they you know the cliche is that the game is run one of the trenches, but it's kind of true. Um, and you know they 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 do have some great defensive players on the team. I mean they got Jalen Ramsey now at quarterback, and of course they have Aaron Donald. Um, you know their the defense was not really the weakness last year, which was kind of part of the reason why I was kind of surprised that they got rid of Wade Phillips, but whatever, <laughs> I guess. I mean, he he ended up, you know, after going to the Super Bowl with the Broncos, the year later he was out as defensive coordinator and then the Rams got him. So, you know, these things kind of just, they happen and I, I feel bad for Wade. Um, So I, we'll see if they do anything more for defense. I'm sure they will, but I, I think the f- emphasis is going to be figuring out what didn't work on offense and let's not be surprised if they say, they wouldn't say goodbye to golf, but they could say goodbye to Gurley. I, I I and he, again he kind he, he did play like a little bit better down the stretch, but he they, they I think I could totally see where they might side, you know what? We're gonna go with Daryl Henderson and, and or we're gonna get someone else and we're just we we're gonna move on from you. Just to just to get free up some space and really go hard at, you know, other major free agents to really help Jared Goff because I, I I could totally see that happening. Yeah. Um,
1: <sighs> Rams, Rams.
0: Yeah. Not 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 um, any, not a good situation for them.
1: No, I mean they're the at least in the the skill players they have they have the pieces, mm-hmm. and we've seen McVeigh put these pieces together before. It just it just didn't work out.
0: Yeah. Exactly. The,
1: I, they were. I. It was. It was. Uh, I don't know, like I don't know baby's first puzzle for mcVeigh the past couple of years, and this year it was IkeA, like yeah, the directions he had to read,
0: yeah, it, yeah he had, he's, he's gonna have to to have to figure out something this year um i mean i don't I don't think his job is necessarily at risk, but there you know there is a feeling of you know this roster was built to try to win a Super Bowl, and they did not get to the playoffs, so. They, they gotta they gotta do something they need to reconfigure something in order to get back there so
1: um
0: yeah that's the path for them
1: all right next up in the playoffs we have the Philadelphia Eagles the consolation prize of winning the NFC East this team was injured like all year especially at their uh on their offense and at their receiving positions uh I still felt really bad for Car- Carson Wentz having to essentially missed the playoff game after mm-hmm. on the first drive. Mm-hmm. But there were problems with this team from the very beginning. Their receivers got injured a lot. The receivers, when they weren't I- injured, kept dropping passes, Aguilar, Um Had some injuries on defense. Their secondary was one of the... one of the, like, easiest... easiest to throw on in the league for a while. It was it was a rough year for the eagles they still managed to win the division but again nfc east kind of a consolation prize
0: yeah that going yeah.
1: going forward like they really just need like they need defensive back helps i need to stop saying like they need defensive <laughs> back help and they need wide receivers and they need their wide receivers to not get injured
0: right yeah, well, I mean, they they I just think that I think they also need more reliable receivers as a whole. I I, I don't think the mm-hmm. I don't think Carson Wentz is getting a lot of help from them. His old reliables have been the tight ends, and you can't have that. Like you you need to have you need guys that could actually get open and guys that would be are able to catch the ball and run with it. You know, and they and his his receivers really let him down this year. So that's gonna be a big aspect. And like you said, secondary is gonna be a big thing. Their highlight of this team has been you know offensive line kind of played iffy, but they I think relatively they're solid. And their defense and their front seven you know is is, is consistently very good. And I not I think Carson Wentz put this team on his back in some tough situations and really won the games for them. But this is a, a massive moment for them that you know. How much long? How much more time is is Doug Peterson gonna get, uh, and 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 Carson Wentz gonna get, you know, to try to get this team back to the back to the Super Bowl, uh, because I think that, that that's what they want to do.
1: Yeah, and it feels so weird just because you have like a great coach, you have a great quarterback, it's just the circumstances around them aren't allowing them to win.
0: Yeah, i I think that I think the injuries are really one of the main things to blame, but uh. You know, there there are there's gonna be a lot of people that feel like if they if they can't do if they can't perform well two years in a row, then there's issues way beyond you know you know outside you know football God controlling you know means. So that's all gonna be a major aspect of this off season is just making sure to beef up the roster as much as possible to go on a run and to protect Carson Wentz and, or at least give more weapons to Carson Wentz uh, moving forward. Um, all right, the Buffalo Bills have made the playoffs this year. Uh second time in three years of Sean McDermott that they've made it. And you got a you have a great defense that got them there. Uh you have uh a frisky offense a little bit, you know, Josh Allen had his moments. Uh certainly Devin Singletary helped helped the cause a lot uh, on that front. Um you know, this This is going to be interesting, though, because they do have a lot of guys that's hit, are, that are hitting free agency and or, are being retired, uh, or, or have retired, rather. Um, and I'm curious to see how they retool that uh, that defense a little bit. A lot of their stars are still there. Obviously, Tredavious White being the biggest name. Um, and Ed Oliver, their rookie, who had a pretty decent year as well. Um, you know... this team you know was able to make it to the wild card round and they almost won that game and then josh allen sputtered uh into oblivion but this bill's team is so i i think that the that there is a lot of hope around this team that they're going to be able to maybe get a few more big-time free agents be able to draft um some major players as well um you know they have they they haven't traded away any of their picks right now um and and they're they're in a decent position to keep on building on this roster and keep on getting to the point where they could wait I don't think many people thought they would make the playoffs this year um and they did so they they're just kind of working their way to try to you know get back there again uh and the AFC East that now looks a little bit more competitive
1: it sure does which is a weird thing to say about the AFC East yeah. I think I'd pick the Bills to beat the Patriots both times this year, and it almost happened. <laughs> In both
0: situations,
1: yeah. Both situations. Like, if Josh Allen didn't get injured at the end of uh, the first game, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um, um, I, I really like the Bills' future. I think that with a couple more pieces, uh, particularly wide receiver, another team that needs wide receiver help, they'll be able to Really set things in in place. Devin Singletary is going to be a fantastic running back in the NFL.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. He's 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 on his way um, to really establish establishing himself even further next year, um, and it, I think it's going to help that that Josh Allen Devin Singletary one two kind of punch. I think it can work out in the long haul for them, but I think that they would it would definitely help them to get more uh, receiving threats. Um, you know moving forward uh, to really boost that offense even further. uh all right For next
1: sure. up next up, the New England Patriots who we are not talking about at the end, which is wonderful. yes, absolutely wonderful. um Chris's curse, his um his uh lifelong dilemma, his um baggage was removed this year when the Patriots lost in the playoffs. oh
0: my baggage um,
1: all your baggage, all your emotional baggage, ever in life. <laughs> um, and this was this was a, an interesting year for the Patriots. They went twelve and four, which is a fantastic record. They won the division because duh. But the you look at the games that they won versus the ones that they, that they lost. They lost to all of the other division winners, so Texas, Kansas City, Baltimore. They beat all of their division opponents. Except for the Miami Dolphins in Week 17, <laughs> when they needed to win to get the to get that first round bye, which was wild, and then they beat all the other opponents, but all their other opponents were it was the AFC North, who sucked this year, and it was the NFC East who sucked this year. Right, they had an easy schedule, and anytime they actually had a, uh, a viable opponent, they lost. They had trouble a lot of times this year. Their defense kept them in games. I'm totally shitting on the Patriots right now because I want to, but (laughs) um, like it was because of their defense. Their offense wasn't doing what they needed to do. And uh, they had pass catching trouble all year. And that's going to be their biggest thing. And will Tom Brady be the quarterback? Tom Brady is definitely going to be the quarterback. I don't know why I'm asking that question. It's just speculation and they want people to talk about it
0: right uh yeah i i don't i think there's gonna be a lot of wasted ink on on this tom Brady saga because i think that he's gonna come back i think that they want to to do a better job at getting him weapons and i think that's gonna be the big thing of the off season is getting him weapons to you know add on to julian edelman you know and add, add on to those guys that you know could have a more breakout year. I I I could see. I I think outside of Edelman, I don't think anyone's made. I, I don't think anyone's really safe. Maybe Burkhead. No. I that's that's the only guy that I think really showed up, uh, in in games this year. Um, James James White's good. It, James right. J- James White. He yeah, he's 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 pretty good. Uh, but yeah, like the Sony Michelle experiment kind of fell off this year, uh, which was very despite weird. how
1: good he was in the playoffs last year.
0: Yeah, their first round draft pick, Nikhil Harry, just did not work out. You no, know, Mohamed Sanu, that was a trade mid season. Thought that could work out, that did not. Uh, they did have a very short experiment with uh, Mister uh, Antonio Brown. That did not that did not work out. Um, you know, so that that all these things that they tried to do for weapons just. It, did not had was the job was not getting done and so it's going to be a lot of questions as to whether or not they're going to be able to suffice and help him out on there because if they, if he legit does not think that the patriots can help him with that if he does has lost his faith in the organization and be able to build something around him then regardless of the money that he's offered i would be curious if he would just want to accept the challenge of going somewhere else that i that i think is where that that's the scenario i would see play out if tom brady was actually going to leave i don't think he will but there is a that's the kind of the storyline that i think could go down um for them
1: Uh, if they if tom brady is gone the i say the patriots do not win the afc east
0: yeah, I would say so. I mean, I, it, but it also depends. on. I, I don't know, man, because then you then like which they don't have a lot of draft picks this year. But no, they
1: do they spend it on a quarterback? Do they wait till next year and get Philip Rivers to get there?
0: Do they trade <laughs> do their they... do they trade their entire draft for Tua? I I no. mean, this is what I mean. You don't know. Yeah, you don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, and even if Tom Brady stays, do they do that? You know, I mean, I don't think he would be happy try about that. They tried to
1: grab Justin Hebert. Yeah. Sorry, I had a friend in college. His last name was Hebert.
0: Yeah. Justin Hebert or Jordan Love. <laughs> like, you have all these, these like lower quarterback tiers that might fall to the Patriots. So, I mean, that's possible. All you know is that they have a decent defense that probably could be better, I mean, considering how the, the season ended. Man, think about the Miami Dolphins had quite the impact on the NFL season, huh? Sure did. <laughs> they had the quite the impact on the Kansas City Chiefs. The ultimate
1: chaos team.
0: Yeah. They are the, the Miami They're the can ones we, that paved the out, path.
1: Can we give uh, give out our, like, start, like, a team chaos award, like, every year? Give an award to the team that provided the most chaos? Uh, it, it, I mean... Because it was the Dolphins this year. Yeah, it
0: was the Dolphins, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely that's yeah. what happens man when you're supposed to be the worst team in the league whenever you win oh yeah baby inject that chaos into me uh right there yeah um next up n- right. The new Orleans. right let's not talk about
1: these fuckers anymore <laughs> the
0: new orleans s- send them away new orleans saints uh yeah a little surprising to talk about them this early but they were ousted in an overtime game against the vikings even though they had one of their best years. They had a pretty good year, you know, and, and yet another year where Drew Brees he bounced back from injury and and he was able to to really play out and, and play really well. Uh, you know, today Bridgewater he broke a bunch of records. To Brees, Brees took, broke a bunch of records. Um, and Teddy Bridgewater did a great job in in, in relief uh, of, of, of Drew Brees. And he also had Taysom Hill, which basically took over the playoff game. As well. So all of those guys are going to be... Uh, I think all three of them are going to be free agents in some capacity, I think. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, or at least Hill is is kind of like... He might be signed. I'm not I'm not entirely sure. But um, there's a quarterback decision to be made in, in, in New Orleans, and we don't know if Drew Brees is going to retire or... If he is going to, you know, stick around, he has said that he is contemplating, or, or not, not, not like he hasn't really said like, a, like a serious tone like that. But he's basically has said that he's evaluating his future at the moment. Um, so you don't know uh, where things are at right now. But this team has a a pretty decent <laughs> roster, and, and they have a few guys that they might need to resign. A few guys on the offensive line. You know, a, a few guys in the secondary maybe to re-sign. Um, but overall, like, this is this is a team that is still built to contend. And I don't think that one season that it did, they did fall short of their expectations big time and we thought they could make it to the NFC Championship game. It did not work out that way. But I would not doubt this team. That I don't. I don't think that. I think they have a surefire shot at winning the division again. And I if and this is of course all, all with the context of they that Drew Brees comes back. If Drew Brees doesn't come yeah. back, there's I think there's a little bit more hesitancy as to you know if they're going to be able to contend. But if he's back, I I don't see why they could not get back there and go further
1: next especially, year. Especially if especially if they get like a number two wide receiver. Michael Thomas was great, but him and Jared cook are are you you got to you got to add another receiver
0: definitely definitely I, I i'm with you on that i think you need a guy with a lot more speed i mean i think michael thomas is a good you know catching threat kind of like a you know like you know how like julio jones is like the guy that, you know he just catches the ball but he's not like the speedster like that's michael thomas even though michael thomas i think is a little bit more faster um you need a you need a big you need a fast guy though. You need a guy that can just catch it and just run. You, you kind of had that uh, in past years. Um, oh god, I'm gonna forget his name. Uh, Long Ted Ginn Jr. Like he was he was there for a while. He was like their speed guy. Uh, they they need someone like that again. Um, so that's yeah that's gonna be a big big factor as well um, on that front. So Saints yep. pretty much you know going into the season get a few more guys, get your quarterbacks back. You should be good to go.
1: Yep. Next up, the Vikings had a surprising playoff win were a little weird to start the season, but really became consistent as the season went on. Kirk cousins started to shake the, shake the, the haters. He played (laughs) well as the, as the season went on. Um, The defense wasn't quite what you wanted it to be knowing Minnesota. But Dalvin Cook had an outstanding year. This offense is pretty much going to be the same with with Cousins, Cook, Thielen, Diggs, Rudolph. Um, and it's going to get better. Mm. Uh, the, the offensive coordinator just left to go get a head coaching job, but uh, Kubiak took over. Yeah. Yes, who is going to do a great job. Yeah, yeah, it's it'll be it'll be weird uh, to see what what the Vikings do, but they have kind of like their key players set. I think beef up the defense a little bit, and they'll definitely be contenders for next year.
0: Yeah, Gary Kubiak is one of the better offensive minds in the league, and um, a lot of people thought he was going to retire for good after the Broncos after he stepped down as the Broncos head coach. But um, you know he he has constantly like when he was with the Texans you know and when he was just a coordinator with the Ravens was it the Ravens maybe wrong about that uh but he uh yeah it was the Ravens um you know he he's had some really he's one of the more innovative coaches out there and he's gonna serve this team well I think and it's gonna help this offense really break out even more and um I would imagine that you're gonna see the I'm good, you're gonna see a lot of Dalvin Cook, you know, work. I think that he's gonna definitely still be a major aspect of it. But yeah, I you know they they are they're going to need to rely on their two right receivers. Which by the way, I mean, I think there's some there is some you know rumors that Diggs could be traded. There's a, there's that there is a possibility of that, and you know you never know. But that I would think that they would want to try to keep as many weapons as possible. You know, um, along with their two tight ends with Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith uh, as well. So, uh, see what happens on that front. And, yeah, like you said, like, the, this team was pretty good this year. And, like, every single year you go with the Vikings, at least lately, you go into the year thinking that they're going to be pretty good. And they there's times where they disappoint. But, like, this defense, still on paper, looks pretty decent. Like, there's not, like, you don't, there's not, like, many changes happening there. So, I don't know. Like, I think that they're in good shape. Um, so, yeah. yeah, we'll see how it ends up going, playing out. Um, next up, the Houston Texans uh, nearly <laughs> – I mean, if, if they held on to that lead, what a different world we'd be living in right now uh, in that Kansas City Chiefs game. Uh, but – Nonetheless the the Texans now go into the offseason uh with you know definitely some questions on the defensive front because you know JJ Watt he's going to recover you know and he ha- did recover from his uh from his shoulder uh injury uh, or the pec injury rather that the ultimately he was able to play again um but there is a lot questions on this defense ever since getting rid of Clowney, you know the team just hasn't been the same on defense it's been one of the worst run defenses in the league they need a big time player there and their their passive defense hasn't been that great either that needs to be worked on uh but other than that they're still have they're still pretty much loaded on, on the offensive front uh carlos hyde is free agent so that's something that might be looked into but they have a plethora of wide receivers. Uh, they need a tight end, probably, but, you know, the I, the offense you feel pretty good about. It's the defense that's the concern.
1: Absolutely. You can't just rely on Watt and Merciless. Getting rid of Clowney is not an easy hole to fill. Um, and defense, kind of like, like he said, is going to be the top priority. And also, uh, beefing up the offensive line even more to protect Watson. Laramie Tunzel was good. You got to resign him and then um, get get some more help on top of that. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I, I, and I I think that we'll see. This is the first year that Bill O'Brien is actually taking on the head coach GM role, essentially. Now he's officially yeah. taking it over. So we'll see how he ends up molding this roster because this is literally his. This team is his oyster, and a lot of people wanted him fired after the after the, the Chiefs game. Um, so if he screws this up. I don't know if he's gonna be back another year um, after this, mm. um, so we'll see. We'll try to do some speed running through the rest of these now. The Seahawks, you go first with the Seattle Seahawks.
1: Uh, Seattle Seahawks had a great season, were one of the best teams, and then injury happened at the end of the year, particularly at running back, which caused Marshawn Lynch to come back. They'll be okay at running back next year, but they gotta they gotta help with their defense defense to help make that good again, and do something to help Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson really uh, really carried the team this year mm. and uh, I think I think going forward with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett at wide receiver there he's the team as a whole is gonna going be in a good place they just I, I feel like there are a few other big names beyond Russell Wilson away from like being extreme contenders like there aren't huge names like Russell Wilson on this team that could bring this team up to the next next level
0: Uh, right absolutely i i can see where they maybe i i think they're gonna really try to rely on chris carson because rashad penny he he had a better year but i i I think that they might they might try to trade him somewhere else at this point because yeah Chris,
1: chris carson should be the focus
0: yeah i don't see him really breaking out uh, but yeah, I, I think the defense in its current state is is pretty good. Jadavian Clowney is going to be a big question, though. You know, we'll see if they end up resigning him or if he ends up going somewhere else. Um, Ansa, you know, didn't have the best year, but also up for potentially being resigned could help them in some ways. Um, offensive line, a lot of offensive line uh, signage, you know, potentially, uh, and and that that might be turned over a little bit um You know, so we'll see on that. Jaron Reed also up for free agency, so they they got they got a lot of work to do, um, to kind of keep this roster afloat. But they still have two of the best linebackers in the league: Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright. You know, and they still got a lot of young talent that's kind of developing and growing. So the Seahawks team, you have faith in them that they're going to continue to be successful. Yep. uh Baltimore Ravens. This is the team that should have been in the Super Bowl potentially. Uh, they were the number one seed, and they blew it against the Titans. And a lot of people want to hate on Lamar Jackson, but he has the MVP, the first, the, the first unanimous MVP since Tom Brady, uh, and only the second one of all time, which is an incredible feat. The Ravens made a great video after Lamar Jackson was announced, made me cry. Um, but Lamar Jackson is going to be the guy for years to come for this organization that continue to build around him. Um, you know, I think the big question is I think they need a better defense in some ways. I think that they need to they they need the ability to stop these big play offenses uh which that's they yeah. have trouble with that with Kansas City, they had trouble with that with Tennessee. They need some they need to build a little bit more talent on that front. And, most importantly, they need more weapons for Lamar Jackson. I think those are the two focuses for this offseason for the Ravens.
1: Make the whole offense tight ends. <laughs> That's the answer. Because Russell Wilson throws to the tight end a lot. Russell Wilson. Lamar Jackson throws to the tight end a lot. Yeah. Um, um, and, like, they can guard and they can pass. It's perfect.
0: Yeah, there you go. Perfect. That's that Totally, don't. you know, you don't need that speed of <laughs> a wide no. receiver. Absolutely not.
1: No. no, but add, like, Marquise Brown's going to be good, add another wide receiver, and then beef up the defense. That's what the Ravens need. Definitely, but it's such like a small need because of how good they were last. They, they are
0: such a good team. They're gonna they're gonna be a Super Bowl contender next year. Absolutely, I think th- this is just things that they need to keep in mind. But overall, this team is in really really good shape. It, it, big question, mm-hmm. I think too. Marshall Yanda, their longtime offensive guard. I'm curious to see if he ends up retiring. That's something to watch uh,
1: this off season as well. Um, all right, next up, tennis. Next up, the tennis the Tennessee Titans blew everyone away this year. Um, were had a, such a such a late surge, especially once Ryan Tannehill took over. He really revitalized this team. And if they don't re-sign him to their like full-time quarterback deal and Derrick Henry, they're idiots. Yeah. These two need to be the focal point of the like the most important priority in this offseason is just just sign them with new players. Get that defense better. You got the offense now. Get the defense good. Yeah, that.
0: <laughs> what's the deal with the defense? What's the deal with <laughs> the defense?
1: Um, I don't know why my voice is cracking so much?
0: <laughs> well, it's, just, it's basically Jerry Seinfeld. Um, yeah. right. I think Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Like, I understand you don't want to overvalue these guys and and overpay them, and then they end up falling apart. But Don't overthink it. These are the two guys that really helped you get to this, get to this, to the cuffs of the Super Bowl, and
1: it it worked.
0: It worked. Go with what works. Go with it, and if it fails, it fails, and it happens, and people will criticize you, and you'll probably get fired. But I think it's worth the risk. It's worth the risk considering how well the two played. Uh, And like you said, I think I think the big thing is going to be the front seven needs to be worked on a lot. Like Jarrell Casey's great. You have Harold Landry, who played great. Rashad Evans, who played great. But you need, you need more players in that front that could develop the pressure and keep, you know, again, it, it's another defense that needs to get better at, like, well, I don't know. They need to get better at, at not, not giving up the big play. But then they kind of, you know, against the Ravens, they were able to kind of squander that. But they I, I think that there's they, there needs to be, like, a little bit more talent there. And get a few more weapons i think i think you know aj brown is great right now but you might you might want to just see about another wide receiver not that Corey davis and adam humphries and all these guys they could work but just maybe invest in something else there maybe a second tight end as well with john o. smith because i don't know where delaney walker i don't know if delaney walker's gonna, walker's gonna stick around that's a big question no, I doubt it. so um that's that's all up for grabs but yes Absolutely, those two players, sign them back, please. For the love of God, make this Titans team interesting to watch. <laughs> please. Um the, the Green Bay Packers uh, we, we had a year where like no one thought they were good, but they're, they made it to the NFC Championship game. Uh, and they are... I, I think the big question is that, once again, one of the things that held this team back was that they just... Did not have another guy next to Devonte Adams where they were where Aaron Rodgers could reliably throw to on a consistent basis, and that I think was was what hurt them because you know the Niners were able to shut down Adams and then and they and they also didn't use Jones enough, which that was a coaching thing, but still like that was a big time player that could have been used a lot better in this offense, and I think will get consideration. Um, you know, to continue to be used and hopefully be used better. Um, yeah. And in all fronts, the defense, you know, you have the two Smiths are, who are playing well and are doing well. And no question about that. And you have Kenny Clark, who's a very good player on the defensive line. You need more work on the secondary though, which is a constant struggle for this team. They cannot find a right guy on this, on this, in the secondary. Um, yeah, you know, Alexander had a better had a good year. I don't think they I mean certainly he's a first round draft pick, so he's not gonna be like going anywhere, but there's needs more help all around on that front. And you know, offensive lines also could be looked at. Buaga is a free agent, you know? So lot of, lot of questions for Green Bay.
1: hmm. I am curious I'm curious how this is gonna go next year. What the Bears are gonna do, what the Vikings are gonna do. The Lions are going to fuck off at the bottom of a hole because Matt Patricia is their coach. but <laughs> It's, it's, it's like, going to be like the kid that fucked the well sectional the Packers... couch. What?
0: <laughs> the Lions are going to be that kid that fucked the sectional couch.
1: Exactly. Um, so, like, you don't know what's going to happen with the rest of the rest of the division. Like, everyone thought the Bears were going to win again this year. They didn't. Mm. Before that, probably the Vikings. They didn't. The Bears won. So it's it's up in the air. You don't know what the consistency in this division is going to be year to year. It may seem like the Packers are on top now. Could be the Vikings next year. Could be the Bears. It's not going to be the Lions. Um, play this clip when the Lions play this clip when the Lions win the division next year.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, I I don't even know if I'll remember, but you know. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I I it is that is going to be. It's kind of like the three man three man division race at this point um very it's going to be very interesting to see um how, how how it plays out on that front. Um all right, what
1: about our Super Bowl teams? Our Super Bowl teams, we began begin the Super Bowl teams with the 49ers. What more is there to say, they were fantastic this year, one of the most dominant teams on both offense and defense. Any free agents uh which looks like Jimmy Ward and Richard Sherman, both free agents. Oh, Richard um, Sherman's
0: not a free agent. He's, okay, he's signed. Uh, Ari okay. Goms, so Armstead's he, he, probably the biggest on the defensive line.
1: Yeah. So, just getting the getting the defensive line worked out. There's otherwise there's not a lot just because of how Kyle Shanahan coaches. He can make anyone into a good running back.
0: Yeah, Emmanuel the, Sanders too is also a free agent. But yeah.
1: Yeah. You're so, right. Make sure that Garoppolo has good receivers. Debo Samuel was had a really good rookie year, so he's <laughs> going to be solid going into next year. Are you going to keep Emmanuel Sanders? Or are you going to get someone else in free agency? Um, it's it, It'll be interesting, but I think that the 49ers, like, especially with just how dominant they were this year, are going to be able to maintain this momentum going forward.
0: Yeah, um, I'm curious about Joe Staley, uh, the longtime offensive lineman. I don't, uh, I, I, he's 35 at this point, and I don't know, he's st- he's still doing playing well, but I I do wonder if uh, he might consider retirement or not. So that's something to watch. I'm all up on the offensive lineman retirements, of course. Um, but no, I, yeah, this team for the most part, mostly everyone is returning except for the few names that we mentioned, and those are those are decent names big names but like they every big star on this team is basically returning next year and like we said earlier the the coaches are coming back as well so this team should be good and they're going to be good and they're going to be hard to beat and so it'll be interesting to see if any of the nfc west is going to be able to have a response to that next division Mm -hmm. next year um next year yeah so um definitely i think i think i think it's Forgive, me, I don't know if you feel like this, but I feel like the NFC West is the deepest division. for
1: Absolutely. next year. For
0: next year. Absolutely, because I, I think I think you I could mean, make
1: they're the they're the only division that we had three teams that we talked about today. Yeah,
0: And I think the Cardinals um, are, have a decent well, shot. No, the
1: NFC North did, but Cardinals, yes. yeah, Cardinals are going to Cardinals are going to be are are going to improve, and they're still at the bottom. Yeah, but. They're going. They're going to improve. The Rams. It's Sean McVay, and then the like Seahawks and 49ers were just so dominant this season. So yeah, exactly. going forward, there's there's it could be some fluctuation, but overall, this is a very deep division.
0: Absolutely, and last but not least, the Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl winners. They do actually have a few questions going into this this off season. Um, you know, you know, especially when you're considering Chris Jones, their best defensive, one of their best defensive players, is going to be a free agent. You also want to look into paying a guy like Patrick Mahomes, uh, and you know, I you might have other big contracts coming your way as well. Um, so there is going to be a lot of questions, you know, going into next season, going into the off season, about who they want to keep. Uh, and who not who they won't I mean obviously Patrick Mahomes, you know, he's not a free agent, but you know, they they're definitely gonna figure out a way to pay him. So it's then figuring out how from there, uh, you know, how you deal with the roster implications of an extension like that, who you're able to keep around and who you're not. Um but you know, there is with Chris Jones, I think that's like the biggest name on that's going to free agency right now i don't think that there is anything more anyone huge uh, outside of that um you know because i think most of the other guys are signed at least for another year uh but they're gonna with uh, the amount of agency they have which they do have a lot they're going to need to get depth again in the secondary uh especially um and but of course in the front seven as well their linebackers had on and off year. definitely want to get some guys for that as well
1: yeah, a lot of holes to fill, but they still have Mahomes. The they still have their great offense, and they just won won a Super Bowl. So you can't can't yeah. do much more than what you did this year.
0: No, yeah, I mean it's 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 now now it's going to be like how much will a you know this hangover potential Super Bowl hangover hang over their head quite literally. Um, mm. Or will they be able just to bounce right back, which they may, I mean, just considering who is currently on the roster, who is at least safe for them the year, definitely, there's definitely a shot, and they're definitely gonna be, I think they'll be, a, they're obviously gonna be a great team next year, they're favored to win the Super Bowl. Um, you know, we'll see what they do. Uh, so, something to watch, at least. Um, so, there you go. And there is your 32-team recap that went on uh, for probably a combined, like, three hours. <laughs> Yeah, we talk a lot. Talk a lot about a lot of this. Um, Any, before we close out, uh, we do want to talk about, you know, some things heading forward into the next phase, I guess, of Virtual Ball Boys because uh, there's no more weekly games happening. Um, So we are going to take a break next week. We're not going to have an episode, but uh, the following week we'll be back and the goal and we I don't want to promise that this is going to be a consistent thing but our goal would be to have a podcast every other week talk about all the latest in the off season storylines you know any any major developing news that happens and of course we'll have you know various fun segments that we'll include along the way um you know I definitely want to you know keep the virtual in the ball boys if that makes any sense mm-hmm. so we definitely want to you know, keep on, you know, talking about nerd culture <laughs> and video games and, <laughs> and things like that. We wanna keep on keep that as a forefront in the podcast. Um, not to close out any of those guys. I know we didn't really focus on in this podcast, but there's just a lot that we wanted to wrap up football wise. Um and we'll have the time to do that, luckily. Um and uh I know that there's an idea that I, I had in mind like it, we now I I know that we we we've talked about you know we might we might basically after the draft maybe go on a hiatus maybe for a few months as we as the season kind of comes together but in that time frame I was also thinking of doing like a virtual ball boys themed like table party episode I feel like that would be a lot of fun um, <laughs> you know with whatever you know context we want if we want to return to the Smash World or whatever something along those lines that could be a lot of fun. Um, you know, so there's a lot of things, ideas that I have in terms of, you know, just general skits and, and fun, you know, fun little games uh, to include in the podcast going forward. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything that ha- that is on the top of your mind that you would love to talk about uh, for this podcast?
1: There is. Absolutely. And it ties into football and it ties into virtual. Um, but I'll talk to you about it off the podcast.
0: Oh, you're teasing them. You're teasing yep. the teasing the audience yep. here. Yep, sure am. Damn! But wow,
1: it should be a lot of fun.
0: Okay, so we will. Uh, so we'll keep you on top. Top of that, uh, we didn't have time to really do it, but like just, just real quick. Bold prediction. Boldest prediction that you can think about for the off season.
1: Mm, Tom Brady to the Raiders.
0: Okay. Okay. I I say there will be a quarterback for quarterback trade for the first time since twenty fourteen. I don't know in what context, but there will be a quarterback for quarterback trade uh, in in the off season. Uh, so that that's that will be my bold prediction. I throw out there. Uh, with that all said, thank you all for a fantastic season, and we are looking forward to many more to come and a fun off season ahead with a lot of discussion about who the hell is gonna be back here next February. <laughs> yep. With all that being said. We will see you in
1: two weeks. Good night and good ball. Oh. Virtual Ball Boys has been brought to you by Team Chaos Productions. Find us on Twitter at Virtual Ball Boys and find more of our work at Team Chaos Pods.